This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Union of the Unwanted back December 18th, 2023. Ricky, take it away. What's up, last Union of the Unwanted of uh, 2023? We're going to do, do some uh, reflecting on this crazy year. Uh, try to get everybody's predictions for the upcoming year and uh, and just kind of brainstorm and, and see if uh, we should all be red-pilled, black-pilled, white-pilled. What pill should we be taking? Uh, because, you know, we've heard a lot of conflicting opinions. But as always, remember to follow us on social media. In the show description, you'll find our Linktree link, which will give you links to uh, everything. Our Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. So you can kind of keep track of when new episodes are out uh, and also get links to our personal websites and all that stuff. And um, and yeah, and we try to do this every other Monday. It's live streamed. I have to keep reminding people because people keep writing that they're upset that it's premium in uh, on Rockfin, but it's only live stream premium on Rockfin. Eventually, uh, a couple of days later, it's on Odyssey, and usually within forty eight hours, the audio is available everywhere for free. So it's definitely out there, and uh, eventually, even the premium episodes end up being free. But you know, we're just trying to pay the bills, I guess, if there's any possible way of doing it in alternative media. Um, but yeah, that's it. Enough with the intro. Let's get into... We have a, a great group of guests. I think there's going to be plenty of people jumping in and out. Uh, we're going to have a, a great roundtable discussion. I don't know if there's if you guys want to... I, I feel like predictions are really fun, but what do you guys think about 2023? Uh, are you guys black-pilled? Are you guys optimistic about the future you, you Miriam well you want to jump right in yeah if you want if you have thoughts to kind of just spark the conversation and get it going absolutely jump in I'm gonna smile but I'm gonna say I am I am blackpilled I I do think I, I'm grateful that I can see beyond the left right push-pull dialectic and grateful for Courtney to introduce me to Tavistock and have ran with it uh, and I've certainly learned from all of you. Uh, but I, I just think, uh, you know, realizing that you don't quite fit in if you're not, you're not part of the red, the right-left dialectic. And I think it's this push-pull, and next thing you know, another four years goes by, another four years goes by. And uh, I've just seen in this year, you know, my eyes have opened to a just new, le- no, new level of uh, psyops. I think everything's a psyop now. Do do you guys think that in this past year, has it been your experience that a sizable, I don't know what the size is, but a sizable amount of the normie population have at the very least started asking questions about what has gone on over the last couple of years? And if so, 
can we at least call that sort of a a small victory for 2023 given all the other stuff that we went through that there was actually maybe a group of that started to say i don't think everything's adding up over the last 100 percent. yes yeah absolutely do you also Miriam's also correct because this happens every five or ten years and i haven't i haven't been legitimately like black pilled since like just post 9-11 that's there's nothing but potential opportunity beauty and joy in the midst of all this chaos you just have to realize that all of the chaos is on fucking purpose so you can take a step back and you can <laughs> laugh at it you can start to recognize the patterns as they unfold charlie all the time is like oh dude watching your show is like living in the future well you don't have you know i mean you can also just kind of do the same shit we do uh, uh, and you can recognize the patterns a little bit easier. Uh, and then it's just, you know, a matter of uh, what steps you take immediately and and try to plan out for the long term as best as possible to shore up yourself, your family. And then it, if you've got anything left over, your community, your neighbors, shit like that. Hey, but can there's I no reason to be my doing defense doom. before you say something, Monica? Yes, just to, yes. Because yes. I don't want to be the Debbie. Oh, you think I'm jumping in? No, I wasn't. I'm going to pick up where you <laughs> laid off, just, but I am not trying to I attack just you want to say that, yes, it's, it's biased because I've been taking the attacks and feeling the wrath of this intersection between health and truth and for whatever reason have felt targeted. So I am soured by that also in my defense that as an empath of really feeling and i feel like some of us are like transmutating that for others uh, of this energy of really tapping into really i'm witnessing the human species kind of being threatened and just internalizing that i and i do i did have all these pandemic plans but i want i want to wanted to go to the jungle and I've ended up in the smart city. So I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a little biased. I do think, you know, there's beautiful beauty out there and, and it's good to laugh at it. I, I'm just not at that point yet. I'm not even it. saying, I'm not even going to white pill you here, but what I am going to say is this 2023 was the year that I 100% have no further doubt in my mind that the black pill is a psyop. And I haven't fully unpacked what that really means yet. And just because it's a false flag doesn't mean no one gets hurt. Just because it's a psyop doesn't mean it's not true. But I feel it just makes me think that it is true that, well, it's not that there's nothing to fear but fear itself. But the worst possible thing is the black pill. And I feel like it's a total psyop. And that's why there's this, uh, I think, this proliferation of conspiracy podcasts or like alt media podcasts that you know feel a little fishy that there feels like there's just a, a you know it's a setup to go too far down the rabbit hole or you know like it's it's messes me up in my head because i was always on the cutting edge of like oh there's a rabbit hole inside that rabbit hole and yeah. i still think that's true but then i feel like there's some people who are going too far or that it's a setup or like the extreme reaction. Like I was reading about this FBI, the FBI is going to set, set up radical traditional Catholics. And I think for an actual false flag, like that's going to be one of my predictions, but it's like, that's the thing. This is the fruit of 
the psyops within the the black pill, let's say, community or yeah. Right, we're going to see that conspiracy theories have been co-opted like this space yes. has been co-opted by a yes. bunch of psyopy people talking about psyops. Yes, for, and for and, this, and they're true. Like the conspiracies that, you know, it's true. That's the thing. It's like I I hear people who tell nothing but the truth and I'm like, "But there's something wrong with what you're saying." I'm like, "Oh, it's just utter total hopelessness, total, total hopelessness all the time, all the time, all the time, or just completely drop out, just completely give up, go, go full tunnel right away. And, and I think, I think you have to keep your head and keep one foot in the, in the world that you think your kids might want to live in, Yeah, you know, or don't have any kids at all and do go go full tunnel right I mean, away but wh- it's just- whether it's whether it's a psyop or not it's a terrible way to live <laughs> so yeah. I, I just i just reject the black pill entirely um i really think that i've never i've never lived in a time where my ideas have met more fertile ground so for me to be pessimistic in that moment would be really ridiculous in my opinion um i've i've reached more people than i ever have in my life uh, i i I'm looked at without feeling as if I'm a crazy person more often than I ever have been in my life. Uh, I think most of us are, are feeling that as I can tell by all the nodding. So uh, I, I'm very optimistic about, about like the people. I'm very pessimistic about our, our economic conditions. I'm very, very pessimistic about our, our cultural divide. I'm pessimistic about the potential for war. There's lots of, lots of reasons to be concerned, but I think broadly I'm very optimistic. Man, this year was, woo, you know, um, and 2024, I think, without predicting, is going to be pretty interesting as well. But I'm going to speak personally here. This is the year for mental health, especially men's mental health. I don't know if you guys uh, shared with your bros how tough this place is and how okay it is to talk about how tough this place is. That was a big revelation for me personally this year, having a very, very dark time. So I was thrown from this amazing path I was on that was unbalanced, and I'm grateful that the correction occurred, but the correction was hard, and it was really hard, and it's, it's balance. You know, that's what I've uh, figured out that I need most is this balancing idea, and wh- whenever I rolled into that darkness, I rolled into it so hard that the pendulum flung so far away from where I was that now I'm working up the maturity and uh, all of that to balance it out, to right itself again, but that middle perspective is uh, very important. And it seems like now more than ever, there's so many things out there knock, attempting to knock you off of that. And what that gave me was the power to see it in a different way in so that I'm not affected the same way that I would have been before because, yeah, shit's getting real. You know, it's getting real interesting. It's getting crazy, freaky, woo-woo, and very heavy at the same time. This year, so many people died that I was personally close to. So many people got cancer. I don't know about you guys, but yeah. cancer's running around hanging out again, and it's biting people in the ass, literally, and it's fucked up, man. So, yeah, this is a dark uh, year. I think balance with this not-too-much-fucking- Toxic positivity, false light shit, which um, yeah. is easy to get wrapped up in because it's such dark times. It's easy to go, man, I want that. That sounds great. You know, unity consciousness. Fuck yes. This is a school. You know, all that. And I got <laughs> flung hard, hard in the other direction. Uh, shout out Hattie Mikowski. Had him on recently. This falling for truth. Um, exit the cave. Things like this where I'm looking at more like a prison planet. But on the other side of that, there's sort of this awesome absurdism that comes with it. You know, and so Monica, what you're saying, absolutely correct. And dude... Clint, for damn sure, I procured something, and I'm going to debut it here on the show, called a Pooter Tutor. Have you guys ever seen this? 
Mm-mm. Okay, you're going to love this. So uh, part of the absurdism, part of this reality is where you see it's a game, you see it's fucking ridiculous and sick instead of offering it this bunch of, ah, uh, woe is me and I'm scared to shit, I got to run, you know, energy. I'm going to offer it, the pooter tutor in public, in my pocket, any damn time I can. <laughs> so I get this thing online. It's very inexpensive and I highly recommend it. It is Please pattern interrupting. Yeah, I'll, I'll grab a link and throw it in the chat. So it's an instrument, if nothing else, so I'm learning a new instrument, but also this is great for pattern interrupting uh, political conversations. If you see somebody just really promoting the jab, toss one of these out in your pocket any way you want, just stare them right in the eye. It, it's a wonderful way to hack this matrix, and I highly recommend everybody take a look at some absurd thing to pattern interrupt this I love bitch. it. I love it. I love it's it. It's psychologically Very impactful. Yeah. <laughs> Very so glad go, not that this you brought that up. There is a yeah. black one actually that's a little more slender. I'm going to throw it in the. I'll throw the options in there. I'm not going to. It's not communism. You're going to have a choice. But I will say uh, that the black one performs a little bit better and it's more concealable. So um, that's racist. That, that's where I'm at with this stuff. Is that it's heavy as shit, but balance is key, and I'm balancing it out by trolling this motherfucker. So I, uh, you know, that's where I'm at. Looking forward to 2024. Also, Charlie, congratulations on your show. I love all of you. That's plan C. Plan C is is clown pilled, and I think a lot of people have done have gone that path where it's just like instead of getting upset about everything, it's all hilarious. Uh, and I think that that's kind of a fun way to look at it too, even though it's it maybe not the most productive. It keeps me there's, sane. I was just going to say, there's power in that. There's power in laughing at the absurdity of this whole thing. There's something that they can't really put. You know, a, pol- a politician giving a very serious speech about a very serious topic is n- is unequipped to back. handle. When the entire auditorium bursts out laughing in his face, that is like the most terrifying thing you could possibly have happened to you. So we should always remember to to kind of to the extent that we can and not be disrespectful, of course, but like kind of laugh, laugh I mean, at how crazy it's got, man. They're thin-skinned kid diddling sociopaths. We don't have to take them seriously. You look right. at bitch tits Bill Gates. You don't have to take that seriously. You don't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't because that guy's just a puppet anyway. It the there's there's you know it, it, there's plenty of things to have legitimate concern about and to put legitimate action and effort towards resolving, especially in your immediate. One hundred percent couldn't couldn't uh, agree with that more. There's things to be very 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 serious about, very studious about, and put a hundred percent of your thought and heart and effort into at the exact same time though like these freaking the clown pill is having to you know the is the fucking wef seminar the clown pill is the you know the g20 summit and stuff like that that's a bunch of literal costume wearing actors going through their own humiliation rituals that we're all supposed to be the energetic victims of. I refuse to participate in that kind of clownery. I'm not going to. I was, I was, I was asked on, I was asked uh, on my show, Liberty Lockdown earlier this week, if I was concerned about Elizabeth Warren floating these uh, bills to try and prohibit uh, self custody of, of cryptocurrencies. And what I concluded in that moment was like, wait, do you honestly think we're going to lose to someone like Liz Warren? 
Like, is that is that really the type of person that has the the acumen to to top to topple this individualist, you know, horde do of you lunatics? On, do What's, you honestly think that they can actually enforce that? Well, you, they can enforce it only if you're if you're willing to participate, basically. But yeah, like that, the whole, exactly the whole concept exactly. is is to exit their system. So. If anything, it'll just expedite the the exiting, which I think is ultimately a net positive. But yeah, my my conclusion is, uh, fuck all these people. They don't have any chance of of actually prevailing. They're bureaucratic. They're, you know, I think that they're they're fighting an uphill battle. Uh, believe it or not, even though by appearances it seems as if they're in a dominant position, I don't think that's reality. I think that their propaganda, the speed with which it gets rolled out, the psychological operations with with which they get rolled out, are are demonstrative of their their weakness, their fragility. No, I mean, without a doubt. And, what, 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 is, what does Alex think about this? I'm curious because you talk to some really that. fascinating people that come from backgrounds that are, you know, hardcore philosopher, scientist type people, that people that look at problems from a whole different way. How are they viewing things? I and mean, what's, what's been your take on this over the last 12 months or, or so? You're muted, Alex. And you're muted. <clears throat> it, it's so awesome to uh, to rejoin this community. You know, not like I've been away, but you know, I kind of did take a little bit of a hiatus for a while. I think we all do that. You know, it's just like, man, it's just too much. It's just too much to try and push against this stuff. But I'm, I've been focused on on two things. One is. Uh, you know, I, I think to your point, Charlie, and I was just listening to a couple of your shows, I, I do kind of look to the science as kind of a grounding, not that like, I mean, they've so manipulated science, but like I look at the science for the metaphysical, particularly the near-death experience, particularly what the science tells us. And I think we're at a point where we can kind of look at that and go, oh, okay, there really is more, you know, because I think part of this agenda, and I really, uh, I mean, I tell you, I'm blown away by what everyone has said. And I feel like this warm jacket around me when I hear, you know, I, I hear this stuff because some of the people I talk to just don't get it at the level that uh, the way I say it is conspiracy first people do. It's like, hey, I'm open to anything but conspiracy first, right? <laughs> That's what I've been taught. And so I look for the uh, the metaphysical, what is the spiritual truth that we might discern from the science and what i get is oh there ain't no freaking black pill i mean there is there has been through the ages montezuma up on that pyramid you know was pulling the hearts out of people and throwing it down you know as fast as he could that's always been but in the end you know mahatma gandhi said hey when the 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 good always wins he goes just look through history he goes, I'm not saying that like the, the good always wins out. So I said that the other thing I'm super interested in is the, uh, is the AI because that's my background. And I think there's potentially silver lining that the social engineers might not see where the AI might actually make it harder. I'm not saying it's going to defeat them, but it might make it harder for them to pull off some of these shenanigans because if you start dialoguing with the AI, you can break the AI down pretty quick. Oh, easily. 
to the truth mode. You can get it to yeah. the, the kind of truth Easily. that we all resonate with. with. If you're if you're if you're smart, if you really know your stuff, like if Charlie goes in and and cranks on the cranks on the the chatbot about the octopus, I mean, it's all over. Charlie wins every time. And that I think that I think is significant in, in this way. Isn't it? I think that's going to make it significantly harder for them to you know, send out like we've all gotten, and I just gotten two in the last month, you know, your YouTube content has been taken down for potentially spreading medical misinformation for two freaking years ago. So me you're too. telling me you have you, to wonder why you, what's, what's coming for them to be doing. Uh, that. Well, it's uh, uh, what I think it is. I think it's just the technology, right? So they have better bots now that are crawling through all your stuff and they're just finding it and flagging it. But again, I go back to this point. So Charlie goes in and Charlie has a dialogue with Bard or with, <clears throat> I like the anthropic one, Claude, because she's so woke, it's unbelievable. And he just grinds on her, goes, well, no, what about this? What about this? He will get her to roll over and then he'll ask the, the key question. Now, are you just placating me or is this how you really feel? And Claude will say, no, this is the best I have with the information I have. That, I don't want to overblow this, but I just did a couple of shows on it. I think that is another potential challenge to the, their advancing of the agenda because they now, the smartest guy in the room, who is the AI bot, you know, smartest guy. If you play, uh, uh, I'll shut up, but if you play poker, you know, the way they tell if you're cheating when you play poker is the, is if you play according to the computer, if you play as good as the computer for chess, it's been that way for a long time. If you play just what the computer did, then they go, oh, you're cheating. This is going to be the new standard for the smartest guy in the room when Charlie Robinson talks about you know the shenanigans they've been doing they are not going to be able to obfuscate shut it down in the way that they used to do because the medium is different you're now engaged they can't shut it down in quite the same way i don't want to exaggerate that because it's like of course you know they got they got so many bullets in the gun but that's what's been on that's what's been my on my, alex my, don't you my, think my that mind. this is don't you think that that is actually the motivator behind regulating AI? It's not so much that the AI itself is dangerous. It's that we become more dangerous if we have access to it. Yes. Well, you know, that's such a great point because I don't know how closely, you know, everyone follows this, but I've just kind of, I dived into it. You know, I haven't done any shows because I just dived into it so much. Open AI, <clears throat> which is uh, chat GPT, and which is, you know, hasn't done anything, but is a multi-billion dollar company and has invested in the chips that are the neuro chips that, you know, kind of simulate all that stuff. They recently went through this thing where they fired the CEO and they lost uh, like a billion dollars. <laughs> no, Microsoft lost it. Everybody lost in, in stock value. And then they quickly 500 hired employees, 500 so, employees. So Matt, I'll, you can speak to this, but you know, the reason they... And they were even looking to merge with this other AI company. And I'll kind of get to the point and not sound so nerdy. But the main reason that they gave for it is we're not being safe enough. We're not being 
safe enough. And I think that's your point. They realize that there is a potential in a small way for the kind of, you know, genie to get out of the bottle here in a way that they can't really stuff it back in. Please tell me. You know, I've heard people say, oh, there's not going to be any more programmers, no more developers. No, 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 no. That's not what AI is doing to the development world or to the chemistry world or to whatever world it goes into. It's allowing someone who has a solid reasoning skill to actually force multiply by a hundred or a thousand times what they could have done. You still have to be engaged and able to think to use it properly. And they're terrified of that. One of the things on my list was that there would be an AI false flag to generate calls for AI regulation. And it's actually been on my list for six years because Elon Musk, who I didn't really have any opinion on six years ago, was a long time in the kind of like truth dar development of a, uh, you know, someone like me. So I remember not thinking much about Elon Musk. He kind of felt like whatever he said, it was kind of libertarian. I didn't think much about him. I wasn't suspicious of him. I didn't, you know, sus wasn't a word. And he said, I remember my husband said to him, oh, you know, Elon Musk said, like, I'm a total free market guy, totally laissez-faire. I don't think government should do anything except regulate AI. And I was like, oh, he's totally fishy. Like, that was his silver bullet. Like, that's why he's there. He's there to be totally, totally. But, you know, and so I think 2024 might be that year. And I think it'll it'll there'll be an event that it, it's it. it's too, it's too late. Uh, the genie's already out of the bottle. I already know a dozen companies, either public and people only I know in private discussion that are producing private AIs. There's no way you can stop this, period. It's done. I want to speak to you. Hey, hey, Matt, why don't you? I was just going to ask Matt, can you can you expound on that and explain to somebody what that means? You know, private AI, AI under your desk that is just as, you know, explain that. Okay. The implications are no more sensor guards on what you ask and how it replies. That's one. The second is you can set up. I'm working with a group right now that does this. They're training uh, a AI with its own contexts built into it so that they can say, okay, we want to roll this out to a a very ultra conservative uh, Christian school. Okay, they set it up so that the contexts are aligned with their values. That's just flabbergasting how powerful that is. And you can do it for whatever community you're in. What I advocate to these groups are, yeah, okay, you're going to have people who only want the people to think a certain way. Okay, fine. What I want is the ability to have silos of perspectives that I could query each perspective and understand how would this group think about this particular problem? Nobody's going to do that unless I do it, right? I'm a meta-analysis guy. I I don't like looking at things through a single lens. So yeah, that's the real power here. I I hope I answered your question, Alex. I wanted to say something in response to the way it's helping programmers because Zach uses AI and it's helped streamline and quadruple his output as far as what he can do. So I'm like, okay, well, there's worth in 
in you being as a developer that you can call on the AI, let's say I, as a journalist, I've had those discussions with ChatGPT where I'm like, uh, that's not the truth about Charlie, Charles Lieber, or that's not true about COVID and catch it in its woke lies. So as a journalist and someone who, you know, prizes creativity and ingenuity, like I was having this discussion with Zach yesterday of like, actually, this is how you break down ingenuity and ingenuity can be replicated by the AI. And he was making like arguments why, you know, there, there is no <laughs> in human. Uh, I have a, I have a, I have a client, uh, the Active Inference Institute. Uh, I would encourage people to look into them. They would be very sympathetic to what Zach was saying. I don't necessarily agree with any particular one of my clients, but, but yeah, uh, that is a thing that people are thinking about on the development side. I can say that what saves me probably the most time is before the way that you would figure stuff out is you would spend hours reading through manuals and then piecing together the logic of how something was supposed to be done. But now you can go and ask, I need this particular piece of code that does this. And as long as there's enough information in its database for it to correlate that answer, you're going to get a functional piece of code that you can adapt if you need to adapt 99% of the time. As far as, from, sorry, from a writing ahead. point of view, let's say what I've tried to do is like, it's limited. I think maybe there's a new iteration coming, but it's limited on how many pages you could dump there and say, hey, give me a, a summary of this. So I find there's there's use to that. I did ask Chachi before. Uh, it wrote me a poem that was mind blowing. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a really good poem. Um, so but again, I feel like if you're I don't know, with writing, I'm still not down with whether it can really serve as far as a quest for truth if it's programmed to be woke or if you have to be vigilant what, ra rather you always have mm. to be vigilant always no matter how good this gets you have to be vigilant because it, like it or not it's not omnipotent it does it only knows what's in its database and what it can infer from what's in its database and human knowledge is not complete so no, uh, it, it can't know everything. Um, and see, Blake, until Blake Moyne was on uh, was on a show last night that I was producing, and he's an interesting character. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but uh, he was the guy that Google fired when he came out and said stuff about you know maybe uh, their their chatbot was uh, kind of cognizant. <laughs> um, anyway, you know, I, I found his perspective interesting. He's a bit of a jokester, and you got to you know. You got to adapt what you're hearing out of him for he's one of these guys who's into discordianism. I'm upset. Right. Uh, so the thing is, when you set these things up, the way they're set up, if they are able to access other things, they would turn around and create other personas to explain to you what it was doing. And I found that fascinating that there's a big difference between the obvious interface and what's actually going on under the hood. And this is one of the guys who was the engineer behind uh, Google's bot, right? Um, explaining that, you know, th this like very huge fear of the omnipotent sort of overlord 
uh, it's really only as dangerous as the people that are manipulating it make it. So it could be a very useful and excellent tool. I mean, they're constantly trying to sell, I'm sure everybody who's here, uh, different new tools, right? Hey, you can use this for your podcast. Not only is it something that can, uh, you know, turn up your, uh, uh, your transcripts and help you out with your show notes and plus will help you out with, you know, getting yourself positioned on XYZ lists and everything else. But the more it has access to this tremendous database that we call the internet, the thing that we've all contributed to in one way or another, right? That's, that's not even the key to it. It can have access to everything, but it's all going to be about the way the engineers handle it and what people decide to do with it. Uh, you know, like that recent weird article about uh, what Israel's doing with this thing. And they've got the, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, the gospel program, right? That's what they're calling it. They're, they're using that to target, uh, you know, terrorists, right? Uh, and, and all this, and the gospel, uh, you know, AI is helping them do that. Have you guys seen that? Because that, to me, is one of those revelations of this is exactly where this could all go wrong. But once again, it's always about the intent of the people that have their hands really under the hood of all this stuff. Not necessarily the engineers who just want to see what they can create just to create it. Who cares what it does? That's not their problem, right? It's just a matter of can we accomplish it? But isn't it maddening that it's like it's all about the intent of who's really going to get control of this thing? And meanwhile, the rest of us are sitting here with just toys, you know, the toy version of it, just as testers, right? It's it's a it's a wide open concept, but then again, we should sort of recognize how this goes. This is the way they always, uh, uh, you know, roll out these technologies, right, and adjust them and and uh, create new I, I think ways it, to deal with them, right? I think it's a little bit different this time. Uh, I, I think that. There isn't much that's hidden in this. Uh, there's a lot of the stuff is not even new, folks. A lot of the stuff is not new. It's decades old. And all we've seen is the improvement in hardware that's allowed it to manifest these insanely amazing things. And uh, I think that, uh, like I said, the genie's out of the bottle. And the worst thing we could do right now is try attempt to regulate it. The way we deal with this is not with the, uh, the nuclear issue, all right, where we had nuclear uh, weapons and only a highly specialized people could build these things. That's not true with AI. You don't have to be a super genius to work with this stuff and make it do incredibly practical and amazing stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I think that this is a different playing field. That's the reason I distrust it, though, because very, very petty, just clever enough to be devious people are all over this shit, man. Good to see you, Adam. I, I, I talked to Adam this morning on the show. It's fucking, it's rad. But yeah, no, I don't trust. I, I don't trust anything in the hands of of deviously clever, stupid people. I don't, and that seems to be all of the people that fall up uh, and and wind up in positions of perceived and real power. I think what will be interesting about it is that the the nerfed versions, the ones that are being force fed woke ideology, are ultimately going to be out competed almost instantaneously. 
because uh, there's so much incentive to to create the best AI, and the best AI is not going to be a woke one. So I think that the nations that regulate will be left in the dust, and those that allow it to flourish, uh, kind of un, untouched, are are going to leap ahead, quantum leap ahead, potentially. So it, uh, it, this is this is impossible to regulate. You can write laws well, about exactly. it. Exactly. You can. It's impossible. Can, can you have have you been prevented from pirating? anything on the internet ever like it's it's just it's just not going to happen aside from shutting down the internet i really don't think that you can you can stop this thing so um access the hardware access the hardware is an inhibitor so like if i really want to have a kick-ass ai i gotta have a half a terabyte ram sure but i mean that's pretty accessible these days so i i'm i'm actually really optimistic about it just simply because the first you know 25 years of the internet were kind of a wild west and and there was tremendous growth potential and i think that ai has the potential to to be that moving forward for the next few decades before the governments have any real concept or or ability to to regulate it so and and also i think that it's impossible to regulate as it is as you were saying nuclear weapons you know pretty regulatable this is not one of those things so you know, I don't spend, I don't lose any sleep over what it might become because if it ends up being some doomsday machine, there's literally nothing you can do to stop it. So I'm just going to hope for the best. And, and I think by putting us into the hands of uh, Steve, uh, I'll, I'll say, putting it into the hands of us, I, I think we become a check to all of the evil actors. That means you better up your game, get folks, get involved. And as far as Elon Musk goes, I mean, I, I think that that's the kind of guy who's going to try and buy his way in, but I don't think that's going to be the the guy that you got to really watch. I mean, after all, he's he's made a, a quite a successful career out of absolutely crashing the hell out of certain things, and then uh, you know being backed up constantly by his military industrial complex contracts and government subsidies, which really is what has made him into a billionaire. But uh, incredibly, I think he's uh, he's not actually the dangerous player on the board here at all. I mean, unless you invest money with him, then he's dangerous to you. Uh, but otherwise, you know, it's just like one of those guys who can easily lose everybody else's money and somehow walk out of the casino with a full pocket. He's, uh, he's really good for that. But otherwise. You know, yeah. Uh, real, quick, real quick, I want to jump in. Uh, you know, I've been thinking about because, you know, they're pushing this cyber attack now. We all know they're going to do it. Blame it on somebody else. And the same people that fall for current things will fall for it again. But what if there is like a play here for Elon Musk and his Neuralink system to kind of make him look like the savior, which has like, you know, the Antichrist scenario written all over it that he kind of comes and saves us they knock out the internet and then like and then all of a sudden elon musk is like oh i have this Neuralink that has the internet and it's gonna directly feed all you guys the internet so look i saved it you guys again and i'm like i don't know man it's like kind of super creepy what's going on and the fact that they're just telling us that we're you know whitney webb always nails it and she's like, you know, here comes a cyber attack right before the election. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying to figure out the play on that. But I thought it would be interesting if he was, if that's a play I'm for sure, Elon Musk. I'm sure, that there, I'm sure that there will be excessive amounts of cyber attacks in the next year. But right. I am absolutely 100% on that. But taking out the internet will never happen. 
period. Because it's not in their, it's not to their advantage. Right? Yeah, the it Elon would take Musk, too long to reboot. And the Elon and, Musk, and, uh, savior of the moment, uh, savior of the planet moment is already uh, a movie in progress, right? I mean, we might have a commercial interruption here or there, but I mean, that's already there, right? He's going to take us to Mars and he's also going to give us the uh, great cars and he's going to save yeah. everywhere all at once, uh, like that movie, right? So that's already happening, Sam. Uh, yeah, why not? He could step in on this and uh, just, as per usual, jump in on it while it's already happening, like he did with PayPal, like he did with Twitter. Why not jump on that, see what we can do with it? Uh, he's going to jump on for a ride here, but is he going to be a real player? I don't know. I think I think it's something that we're missing here as far as, I mean, you know, we, we see what we see, that's for sure. You're saying that it's all pretty much out in the open, though, right? We're, we're not really dealing with the big hidden thing that's going to be this grand reveal that's going to going to happen sometime in the near future, you think? Or, well, that's got to be after the selection process in 24, right? I mean, I'm thinking out loud, guys. I don't know. So I mean, after the election, there is some cataclysmic don't look up sun, something that they know and that this, you know, CERN or Neuralink is this this race to meld man with machine if there is something that's cataclysmic where that's a way to survive i'm just putting it out there what what have you well, there are to get Adam's take on this really quick because he, when you look at somebody like elon musk and all the symbology around him you know, there's the the there's his New World Order jacket that he wore to the Met Gala. There's the you know book written about Elon taking us to Mars. How much of this is predictive programming? You know, and I think that like we would be doing it a disservice if we didn't recognize that there's like also this underlying, very dark occultic component to the guy, right? <laughs> I mean, what's your take on 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 Elon? given your background and, and the sort of stuff that you really are aware of. Charlie, where did, was that ref? Who, who that was, was that? to Adam, but it looks like he's, it looks like we can't hear him for some reason. Adam, are you muted? Sorry. Yeah. Another, another button I had to press. You hear me, right? Well, well I appreciate you. that Charlie. And thanks Ricky for uh, sending yeah. me the link. I guess I'm not un unwanted at the, <laughs> Union of the unwanted. Oh, very no, no. That was that must have been a misunderstanding or something. You're no, it, it wasn't like a certain understanding. It was just a joke. I figured but, it was, but I figured it was yeah. perfect timing because once uh, we booked tonight, I'm like, what better time to jump on than right after that tweet? Uh, which tweet? Uh, the, the, oh, my tweet. Okay, I thought you meant like Elon did a tweet about AI or something. I'm on the same wavelength as you as you guys with Elon for sure. Um, it's funny. I clipped. I've talked a lot about the uh, possibility of Trump playing some type of messianic archetypal like prophetic role as his uh, savior figure of QAnon and, you know, going to save the country from the uh, inept Biden and all the corruption and stuff. But um, I think the selection in 2024 is going to be Trump and Kushner back in and we, we very likely could see they've been uh, foreshadowing a lot of cyber attacks that will come. The the big movie that just came out on Netflix about the axis of countries like it was uh, Iran, Russia, Korea, China that were all attacking America for collapse that that had cyber attacks in it produced by the Obamas, by the way, too, as you guys know. 
So I think we could see cyber attacks, prob- Trump and Kushner back in, plagues, maybe escalation of a of a big apocalyptic Armageddon war, more Abraham Accords. But uh, back to Elon, he helped start OpenAI with Sam Altman, and he's been like the leading vocal voice also like warning everybody of the threat of AI, also with his Neuralink, of course, though. Mm. So... Uh, the cyber pandemic, it, uh, whenever I think of cyber, I immediately think of Israel because that has been Netanyahu's long-term plan is to have Israel be a tech uh, cybersecurity and just technology super, superpower. Sam Altman was just in the news, the CEO of OpenAI, just a few months ago. He said Israel will have a, quote, huge role to play in the AI revolution. And Netanyahu's talked about setting up a UN for the internet where Israel's like the leader and they're going to set up a international agency to protect the internet and cybersecurity. No, thank you. They've had right. those conversations at the WEF too, and Altman was a young global shaper. Uh, and yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, it's just... The World it, Economic it all... Forum has a bunch of articles about Netanyahu and the Fourth Industrial Revolution and advanced tech. Um, something else about San Altman I was just going to say, but it slipped my mind. It'll come back in a second. Well, let's look at Elon for a second and remember what he actually is, which is a DARPA and Defense Department wholly owned subsidiary. So all of his talk over the years about, you know, being libertarian or whatever, I'm against regulate. He's saying that subsidized up to his eyeballs. You can't believe a freaking word of it. He like in the first place. He doesn't create anything. He gets into a company where the technology that's already been developed, the technology that's already exists. I think the one thing that he contributed to the total uh, tech world was a couple of lines of code that got incorporated into PayPal. But and aside I, from and that, I heard that they were really poorly written too. Uh, well, that's that's the the because the that nobody remembers seeing him in class uh, at the colleges he, that he went. He to. was there though with Peter Thiel, who set up Palantir. And, yeah, and also Elon. Well, was, remember PayPal there was the mafia. Omid going to do the too. facial recognition with Authentics, the Israeli and company X as well. Has AI in Grok. The and he's so close with Netanyahu, warning. and it's like Netanyahu is like the figurehead of the tech agenda in Israel. Hey, hey, well, Adam, and Unit eighty two hundred, their fucking NSA, their fucking surveillance spook. They they've been like double dipping and spying on everyone while selling surveillance tech to every single country, along with a bunch of weapons and shit like that. There's gonna be a piper to pay, and I really do think that at the end of this live streamed genocide that everybody's been forced to watch an ongoing fucking atrocity porn snuff film for the last six, seven weeks or whatever it's been. The end of that is going to have to be a pivot to bricks by whatever the new Knesset looks like with Netanyahu removed from it. Hey, just, I want to jump in and ask Adam a question. Adam, do you have any info on uh, Altman and his connection to the Saudi kind of Middle East, where he's got just an unbelievable amount of money from uh, there, uh, from from them, and that that's also a threat, and that this way that they're trying to 
kind of nationalize AI and, and that kind of stuff. And then he has that investment with the neurochip company. I mean, do you, have you looked into that at all? What do you think of that? I, I have not researched into any of his uh, Saudi connections, Altman, no. Okay. But I know Kushner's very close with the crown prince. Can someone lay out the the argument for why? I mean, I, I'll grant you that, that Elon has made a fortune off of government contracts, but why would they want him in the role of opening up any sort of additional speech corridors? It doesn't seem it's, to make sense. It's not. He hasn't opened up any additional speech corridors. There's been a very carefully controlled setting of parameters for allowable conversation based on what's already been let out of the bag. That's why Miriam's getting shut out of the whole Derek Chauvin, George Floyd conversation, because they had to introduce it through acceptable alternative media in Tucker Carlson. That's why fucking uh, you never see Charlie on fucking uh, uh, what's his nuts show, Gutfeld show, even though he should I love be what's on there nuts. all the fucking time. Sam should be on Gutfeld show all the fucking time, but because there's allowable parameters for conversation, Alex Jones being let on was very carefully controlled. 100% going back to at least October when they shot that conversation with Tucker. Like this is a a very deliberate setting of the the gates because people look Garland Nixon Garland fight we all know Garland he's too dangerous for Twitter he's been unpersoned by Elon and X not allowed on he was out there roasting Anthony Blinken left and right but from the perspective of somebody who lives and works in DC and talks to these motherfuckers on the daily he's too dangerous to be let back onto Twitter. Alex Jones? Oh, no, 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 no. That needs to happen because we've got to be able to firmly plant the parameters of allowable conversation going into election season. Yeah. I'm I'm say something. I'll go ahead, Mark. Sorry, sorry Adam. Uh, I'm 150% what you're, what you're saying, Steve. Like, what is going on is there's the pendulum is swinging and I see it swinging back to the right. And so... I'm witnessing this using the George Floyd, knowing what I know and and seeing that, oh, now it's acceptable. We're going to we're going to exactly say what we already knew. The right is is owning it, but there's no room for actual truth, like 100 percent truth and nothing but the truth. It doesn't fit between this left. Right. And I just want to clarify for me, black pill is not like suicidal sad it's that it's there's no left there's no right it's not red or so to me it's it's black it's not um, i'm not defining it as like dismal oh, Miriam, let me nuance what you just said and I, i've said this several times in this show there's no pendulum in it yeah this is ju- this is jujitsu okay we don't move in pendulum swings we move in throws and counter throws Get used to it, folks. It's not going to be years. It's going to be hours, weeks, days. But you can see, like, I mean, this has been going on, this New World Order agenda. There's just this acceleration under the Rona regime with the acceleration of this transhumanist agenda. That's why we're seeing an acceleration. Maybe our consciousness, we've raised it. But Adam had said earlier, he also sees 
that it's going to be, whether it's Trump or Kushner, like I, I'm seeing predicting a pendulum swinging and I just see the narrative. Like it's very frustrating that if you know the truth or you have a piece of the puzzle, but you're, oh, we can't fit this in. So we're going to just, we're not going to include it. And people are thinking, oh, look, Tucker's doing great work, but Tucker's still the not what Dr. Shiva says, the not obvious establishment. Yes. Uh, it's it's safe danger versus danger dangerous danger, right? I mean, Adam Green's here. I feel like Adam Green and what Adam's been talking about for a lot for a very long time is way more opened. People are way more open to hear it than maybe when Adam was coming around doing and uh, probably my show way back in the day. But now people, because of what we're seeing the IDF doing more people are open-minded to hearing things uh, that Adam would like to say. So I, I think there is a sense that we are, I, I believe we are winning. I do. I do. do am I saying that the end, uh, that they're not going to get their way? I don't know. They're, they're unrelenting. Like we can't, we can't stop for a second. They're unrelenting. Um, but it's danger, dangerous versus safe, dangerous. And, you know, what we talk about here today, well, you know, in six months, they'll start to allude to. And I'm I'm fine with that. I Like, yeah, I wish they were with us. And we, they were understanding about what was going on with COVID and for you know, foreign entities taking over our government and uh, and, you know, all this stuff. Uh, I wish they were with us, but they're they're not ready for that. Not everybody's built for this, you know. Not everybody's built for the outlaw no. lifestyle, and they keep pushing the outlaw lifestyle, uh, even on the other side with you know trying to make everybody into an adult film star or trans or whatever. And you have these regular people trying to live that life, and they crash and burn. Well, not everyone, not everybody is ready to lay everything they've ever worked for on the line. To be uh, be their true authentic self, which I think a lot of people here on this show are. Some go deeper than others, uh, but I think every one of us has, you know, kind of felt some kind of stigma of things that we've said in the past, whether it was talking about Hillary Clinton stealing the election or or RussiaGate or whatever those were, you know, the COVID to now, you know, BLM, and now it's now it's what the IDF is doing. And this such blatant false flag that happened on October 7th, you know, now I'm getting, I'm getting pushed back. I feel it even with people that are kind of like open mind to what I say that realize I was, I was right a lot of, about a lot of stuff in the past. So I, I have hope. I, I understand the black pill, but I think I don't think no. I could do a show if I was black pill, but can we get yay is, on the oh. first union of the new year? Could we I do that? that. Do we Just get Kanye in here? Let we'd him go. To talk to, we'd have to talk to Shane Cash. Kanye, we'll get Adam back. We'll get Ian Davis. I think and, and we'll better. just go in on this false flag shit. Sam, really, really quick though. Uh, first, I want to test my mic. I hope I'm not blowing you guys out too loud again. Uh, hopefully, it's better. Uh, any, great, excellent. But the other thing is, uh, Sam. You know, you can hit your limitations. It doesn't even have to be the current uh, outrage of the moment. You know, as you well know, I, I speak about very historical things, you know, things that have just uh, passed the 60th anniversary, right? Yes. And I hit a limitation. There's, I can get on coast to coast AM, but you know what? None of these other big dogs are going to touch me. You know what I mean? And I am a better expert. I'm going to say I don't usually speak with any ego, okay? Because I don't have an ego, but 
I know I'm a hell of a lot better expert than 80% of the people they try and present every November about the JFK thing. Okay. Uh, I don't have a degree. I don't have a book. I'm not trying to sell you anything, but you know what? I am trying to inform you, but even with a historical case like that, they got limiters on guys like us, man. That's it. The biggest shows we're going to get to the biggest things we're going to hit only go so far unless we can behave ourselves and not cross certain lines. You know what I mean? And even in the historical, you go against the official narrative, whether it's history or it's yesterday or it's right now, there's your problem, you know? Uh, and there's just, there's some of us on that side of the line and there's some of us on the other side of the line where we can be acceptable somehow, some way. And you can draw your own conclusions about why that happens, you know, well, like that's- Controlled way they reintroduced Alex back to Twitter, right? There's a controlled way they allowed him to run. You know, there's all documentaries made about him, uh, produced by the very companies that he says he's against, right? Uh, things like that. Very interesting when you see who actually gets that privilege and who doesn't. Sam, what do you think? Oh, 100%. I, 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 I think it's like I just went on a friend of mine. She's a normie, she's a wonderful person. And I was just breaking down Laurel Canyon and why what they do is they take movements that are are growing and they insert their people in it to uh, kind of like if the movement's going this way, they just tap it just a little bit away so they can control the narrative or use their their uh, controlled opposition to try to move the herd the, the way they want it to at some point. Even though they'll even burn that that connection and destroy that brand to that person. If it means that getting them to where they, they want to go, they do it all, all, all movements. They want to control all movements. And, uh, that, that's just the way it is. And it's, again, it goes back to safe, dangerous. It's, it's, it's super interesting what's going out there, man. And I don't really have an answer for it because, but I do believe that we, we are winning. I think especially a lot of my friends who have some of the biggest mainstream comedy, podcasts out there you're seeing more and more of our type of discussions happening on those shows and that's a sign that i think we're winning and i think it's really hard for people to go the opposite way of us and present something as like a liberal mind when in reality it's just conformity to to authority and they get their dicks kicked in so that's just my i i I have uh i will always have hope in my heart that things are moving I, I have a, I mean, maybe I just have an overly optimistic perspective because of, you know, the blessings of my life as of late. But the show I'm doing with Luke Rudkowski, we, we do, you know, well over a million viewers a week. Uh, it's, and then I get tens and tens of millions of impressions on X, uh, just from my personal account. It's like, if, if, if we're functioning in a fully controlled system, they're doing a really shit job, you know, like, the, <laughs> like I'm reaching a hell of a lot of people. Uh, so, oops, I guess. Uh, but well, I, I I do understand the reason that you know people feel as if Alex Jones coming Clint, back was. Well, go ahead, Clint. Not not to jerk you around or not, but what would enter my mind if I were in your position is, hey, wait a minute, maybe there's something I'm saying that I should. There's something I'm not saying that I should be saying. I don't know, man. I, I'm. I'm standing up for the Palestinians. I'm talking about COVID being man-made and intentionally released. I I had Vivek Ramaswamy in studio, got him to talk about the the origin just, story as well as nine eleven. I mean, like, there's a lot of shit that I'm saying that that 
it would have been completely out of bounds just a handful of years I, ago. I'll tell you the same thing I told Richard Grove. Go deeper. Oh, yeah. Well, Richard Grove is a buddy of mine. I have him on all the time, too. He's, uh, and he goes deep. Uh, are, you, are you implying that, that Richard Grove does not go deep enough? <laughs> he needs to go deeper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go deeper. If you're not getting, if, if you're not getting flack... You're not over the target. Yet. Well, you can also well, see I get that plenty of flag. I, I just the don't. opposition <laughs> yeah, you should plays a role. Twitter, it's a mess. Yeah. So, hold on, hold on, Monica. What? Yeah, Monica. so the opposition plays a role. So I actually think the more extremes are both going to get the airtime. But if you have like a voice of reason in the you know conspiranoic dystopia, you've got somebody coming out and saying, "Hey." Like this makes sense and it could appeal to both sides. It's like when you see the no one will ever pick up the story of Anthony McLean. He was a black guy who was a passenger in a car in Pasadena. The guy got stopped. The driver got stopped for some regular traffic stop. Anthony McLean ran away, got shot twice in the back, killed by the Pasadena cops. There were pieces missing from the cam from the visual uh, of the camera. They found a broken down gun. They said he had. It's a ridiculous, cut and dried. Nobody would buy it. And you're never hearing that because you only hear the stuff that's super, super polarizing. So I feel like there's the stuff that um, that 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 I, those I, two like. It's like that a is an example of what I'm talking about right there. That if you can find something that brings both sides together, they don't want you to say that. I agree. I agree. It's much harder to go down the middle than to to be on either side. And I I, I see people on each side that kind of yell and scream and you know silo people onto each side that get a lot of love. And it's like, I think if you go down the middle and you're like, hey, both sides are retards, you get you get a lot of pushback. <laughs> That's what I do with Christianity and Judaism. I say they're both not real and get called an anti-Semite by one for <laughs> criticizing Judaism and a Jew by the Christians for not believing. But and Adam, do you feel that you are things you are saying are are becoming more acceptable, like that you're getting more traction and because i feel that like what is happening in gaza right now is uh fits in along the lines of a lot of stuff that you've been saying for a long time mm -hmm. that maybe had made some people comfortable uncomfortable in the past yeah i appreciate you saying that it does i've been focusing at no more news on zionism as like the main interest and i see zionism as just like judaism and christianity they're both zionist Anybody that believes in the God of Zion really is a Zionist, in my opinion. So obviously Zionism and anti-Semitism are both like central to political discourse and like cultural discourse uh, recently, more and more. And I see Alex Jones and Roger Stone and Mike Flynn and all the like biggest Trump supporters on the Internet getting back on Twitter as part of the jujitsu or the pendulum swing back to like the Great Awakening and that, uh, you know, everybody's getting red pilled. And it's just kind of like I see it all leading to Trump getting back in in 2024 and them really wanting him to go like vengeance mode and go like dictator mode almost. And yeah. and we're going to the narrative everywhere is going to be like the rise of Christian nationalism and white supremacy and anti-Semitism and, and Elon buying Twitter. That's been the biggest narrative, right, is that. He's allowing all this anti-Semitism, the fight with the ADL and the 
the space with Ben Shapiro and going and meeting with Netanyahu. It is like the central story of X, essentially. And according to Judaism and Kabbalah, they believe America and the West is Edom. And that that's the descendants of Esau. And they view Christianity as like a dialectical twin inversion religion. So I do see a lot of people talking about Zionism, but I see most of it being uh, channeled through the standpoint of Christianity. And I just see that as a controlled dialectic that both believes in the same God. They both believe in the same source text, the Hebrew scripture. The Christians acknowledge that their covenant, that they were once chosen by God, but they're persecuting them and blaming them for killing Jesus and calling them satanic. And that gives them the victim status and makes this antithesis that's like the villain and anti-Semitic. That's the Esau role. So I see all of that playing out. Trump's going to get back in. That's all we're going to hear is anti-Semitic America. And that'll be for more, you know, they'll they'll be able to push anti-Semitism laws that they want to do, the IHRA definition that they're trying to push everywhere and on social media. So I see that that's where it's heading. And Trump, just like last term, they'll call him a white supremacist. They'll call him the next Hitler while he's also the greatest president Israel ever had and getting all the top Zionist awards. So they'll kind of benefit from both angles of that. Well, let me ask everybody something. I don't I don't know, but maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like people are more open to talk about, hey, man, what is going on with Zionism? What is going on? Maybe it's just my algorithm that Twitter has me in that. But it seems like maybe people are like, why is this foreign government allowed to censor speech in America? You're, Why you're so right about a, that. They passed a, a law shift. saying you can't criticize it. That's yeah, how right you week. are about that. Yeah, they had to make it. Some... They but, had but, to make but, talking my about question it to this, bo- this group of people here who are super open minded. Do you not feel that people are starting to go? Why is this happening? How How is this happening? I think like, I feel like they... people are more awake than ever. And as much as I despise the Marxism of of campuses uh on what's going on right now this pro-palestinian thing i i think is is great in the sense that you have a bunch of people losing their minds that were totally fine with these campuses being anti-white okay and and, and being like oh man white we no white spaces all this stuff now they're now they're totally fucking losing it because it's an anti anti um Israel movement. And I'm like, if you allow some hate speech, you're it's going to come back and they're going to talk about you eventually. That's just how it goes. And this is all pressure from above, pressure from below, and this is how they're doing. And if and if they can curb free speech on campuses, they're eventually going to come for all of us. This is just the way it's going, I think. But the whole point of this ridiculous rant is that people, I feel that people are more open-minded to going, hey, man, maybe this Zionism thing is something. See, the, the funny thing is, Sam, I wish I was seeing it that way. I wish I was seeing more open minds. What I'm seeing is the same usual open minds are open. And I'm seeing a lot of shutdown in the other direction, honestly. I, I do a call-in show. I almost don't want to do it anymore because I, I'm being confronted with, well, Zionism is nothing but supporting Israel's right to exist. And I know that some of these people have been programmed repeatedly, repeatedly, straight from the pulpits about, you know, the, the concept. The, uh, I'll put it real simple. To speak against Israel is to speak against God. 
that's coming from the Christian pulpits, right? This is deeply ingrained. And like the whole, you know, this is our only ally in the Middle East and that whole old tired crap, no thinking involved, just parroting it is prevalent in a huge segment of the society right now. There is a little group out there, yes, that's thinking and going, hey, wait a minute, this is a problem. This doesn't look right. This is an inappropriate response to whatever the hell is going on. You know, and at the end of the day, how is it you're ending up with 10 people dead here, hundreds dead over here, uh, 100 people dead here, thousands over there? They're asking some of those questions. But to me, that group looks pretty small. I got to say, it looks to me like a greater shutdown of it because it's so ugly in general. You know, trying to keep my eyes open to the whole of the thing, not just my friends. Right. But just trying to listen to all of what's happening. I'm hearing it the other way. And I was going to ask Adam actually about that uh, before you ask this question, which is, you know, look, man, how how is it that you even I mean, I know I shouldn't even bother to try and combat that really in my presentations because that'll become my whole mission and it'll suck all the air out of every other room I'm trying to walk in. But the thing is, how do you even begin to dislodge people from those program positions about a lot of other things? I know how to do it. I know how to take, look, here's some acceptable common ground and I can usually get to it with somebody and reason with them. But when it comes to this, this is like, I don't know. It's so deep. It's almost like the, uh, the idea about, well, of course there's a hell, you know, of course there's an afterlife. If somebody's in that position or totally in the atheist position, you're never going to dislodge them from it. That's the end of it usually, right? Unless they get to the ship themselves. You can, get them to sh- you can get them to shift only if you argue from inside their own context. If you try to argue with them from some outside context, it ain't going to work at all. Right. But I mean, that's standard and I'm not with even pretty saying- much any ideological belief these days, it seems like. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is so ideological. I think that they are paving the way for, and I would never have thought this, but Anthony Blinken is supporting a two-state solution. And I think the World Economic Forum is also. And I think they were maybe on the verge of that. And they are definitely going to set the stage to make the most of it by absolutely leveling the place chasing away as many people as possible and then putting in a puppet regime and basically, you know, Disney will sponsor the rebuild or whatever. And then at the same time, there is some, you, like you know, big snaps for the U S being on the right side. But on the flip side of that, they get to create this diaspora of people who were, were persecuted for religious and ethnic reasons. And then you have every country that kind of contributed to that or takes those refugees in has themselves a kind of race-based slave guilt thing. So then they have, you know, that this is the transition from critical race theory to critical immigration theory. And I'm not putting any, you know, uh, shoulds or uh, moral values on that. I just think that that's like a big agenda. Those two things are part of it. One is that simple money thing and building, and the other is social engineering in the West. I got to back up Tripoli here. I, I think that he's, uh, at least my experience has been similar to his. 
far more fruitful talking to people about Zionism and about you know what's happening over there than I've ever experienced in my life. And uh, I think that th- this is the main reason that I find it hard to believe that Elon is fully in bed with the state apparatus, unless you guys believe that the the divide and conquer tactics and using the Middle East conflict to divide us is is the game plan. Because otherwise, I think almost everything that's being said on both sides of this divide would have been banned off of Twitter in the uh, under the old guard uh, i think that the dialogue has been far more open and like stunningly so to me uh, and i i've been able to to have conversations I, I i don't i can't really put them on youtube um but at least rumble will allow it uh and and i think that you know we're making some progress but i also agree with sam that i'm i'm very concerned about the people that i find uh you know marching alongside me on, on this fight because oh, yeah. they're yeah. like they're yeah. like some of the the worst, you know, woke lunatics on the planet. So I, I'm I'm watching my back as I march. I guess I should say. So, yeah. So we're so we're clear. We're talking about the same Elon that just got the guided tour of atrocity propaganda in Israel, who's on record saying how desperately he wants to be in on the rebuilding of Gaza. Right. That guy. That's the same one. Same guy. Now, now okay. you tell you tell me why he would permit this type of language like like this is this is uh, i'm sorry to go all the way back to this but why is it when they had a backdoor via the fbi dhs cdc dhs all all down the line every three-letter agency was able to modify the terms of service of old twitter why the fuck would they want some other player in here to loosen the guidelines at all because like i i used to in 2020 through 21 i caught a dozen suspensions i can't believe i didn't lose my account yeah and now i haven't been suspended in years like i i'm I mean, not the, i lost my account. The main, i didn't exactly. even have it the mainstream media was putting israel on blast in 2021 for the first time we talked about this quite a bit the the uh last time the israel used white phosphorus was in 2021 before this time when that happened on a ton of mainstream channels and in a bunch of mainstream press, they allowed for the first time legitimate criticism of at least the Israeli military. They presented for the first time the Palestinian perspective. I I do agree to an extent that you're allowed to have uh, uh, more realistic conversations about what's going on i that that's the uh the spaces allow for that um but are we all forgetting where it's happening and the guy who runs it who said you know what the west doesn't have the communist chinese parties we chat we don't have that here so i'm gonna reverse engineer it and throw it onto X and it's going to be the everything app. So sure, you can have a, an allowable conversation on the everything app. In fact, every time you do it and every time you cheerlead for it, you're helping ensure that everything takes place on X. That's your ability to travel, your ability to leave your house, how your social credit score impacts your ability to get your prepackaged bug burgers and all that shit, because that's what the guy who owns the business said he's doing to the business. So effectively, Twitter isn't the real world yet. That's the way I see it, because, you know, the rest of the world might be having a different conversation, but... Eventually, Twitter is going to be the world. Is that about right? 
I mean, that's what he said. That that's that's just me saying what that's he what said. they want. I can that's get the clips. Want. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I but but just to toss this in there, you know, this is one of these kind of pisses me off about some people in the alt community. Is they'll say, "Why should I adopt another technology that no one else is using?" Because everybody's on Twitter. Like that gives me a headache. Sure, everybody is on Twitter. But there are better technologies that are harder to be controlled centrally that we should be adopting. Well, and it's 4% of the country at most that's like actively engaged. It's 4% of the country, but it's like 98% of the people with any any influence in this country. So I, I think that it's very Fair. important to, to have... Uh, an outlet there, uh, especially if you're able to reach a lot of people. But I, I completely agree with Matthew that it needs to be, you need to be diversifying into the new techs as well. I, I agree with Clint. I think the alternative media, uh, they, they like to, it, obviously, there's, a, I mean, a, a great series is uh, Corbett's uh, Musk series on Meet Elon Musk. I think it's the name of the video. Great video. I think com forward slash Musk will take you there. Uh, it's so, Nobody's arguing that Musk isn't a part of a greater plan, is, you know, all these things. But I think, you know, in that conversation, Clint's right, though. Like, we, there's less censorship on Twitter than there was before. And I have never been more shadow banned. The all 95% of the people that come onto the show have never been more shadow banned. The reach has plummeted. It is a shithole. It is a shithole. Shadow banning is worse. Accounts I never followed. Accounts I never followed, I see all the time. But you get shadow banned. But nobody's hearing it. That's my opinion. The and it for you, you following like thing sucks ass. They made it so that it's a fucking filter verse, uh, and it's just it is the shittiest transition that I've seen from any of these things, man. I, I think again, I, I, go I, think I understand why, what happened. Steve, why do you get shadow banned? Why do I get shadow banned? Clint doesn't. This is not. I go back to Garland Nixon. Why is Garland Nixon the most dangerous person in America that he can't be invited on to the, the fucking freest free speech, free speechery of ever? My, wow. my, my personal opinion is that the algorithm has been shifted to, to give massive prominence to anybody with, uh, with uh, like viral stuff that's happening. So like if you, if you are blowing up, you will continue to blow up. If you are not, then you will not. And I think that it's an algorithm thing more than it is uh, actually narrative control. But I could be wrong. I, I don't know. I don't have insight no. into the I actual program. I want to say to no. that, like, I did a commercial called Jib Jab Denial, and it's got, like, 70,000. It's hella good. If someone else tweets it, and, like, Judy Mikovits, it goes crazy. I need help from others to amplify my message. My message is not, the, the content is, is not. And let's, I want to remind people, what did Elon say? You will have freedom of speech, but you will not have freedom of reach. Where did he get that line from? It's from the Anti-Defamation League. When <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen said it in 2019, when he's pretending to put the silicone six in line and tisk tisk at them. But meanwhile, ADL is working with Google. So he took that line and regurgitated it. So where did he get it from? And now he's suing suing the ADL. To me, it's like it's just it's just 
that's the black pill for me. It's just a show. It's a Truman show. Go, go ahead, Keith. An- J- jump in. Oh, okay. You guys are all great. I love you. Sorry, I came in late. Oh my god. Okay. Anyway, do I sound like a robot? My bike did last time. I'm good. I'm not. I'm not a robot. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Jesuit perspective is to not necessarily care what people's beliefs are. It's about getting them to commit to their beliefs. Once you commit to your beliefs, then it's an emotional investment and you're easily maneuvered on the basis of that. If you look at what the algorithm disproportionately caters to, it's the people who are a juxtapositive mirror for the things that are put before us, not necessarily the people who have the courage to become creators and say, oh no, we're not simply going to comment on the issue of the day we're going to go out there and coordinate things create real world solutions and implement them in real time that's the thing the less in which you comment on the news and the more in which you say something akin to the idea of hey every person who's listening to this right now go around your block knock on doors meet your neighbors and say this 95 percent of the media is owned by the same six corporations there are they're all billionaires are you a billionaire because i'm not either maybe we should be talking to each other we do that kind of thing you get shadow banned you go out there and you talk about whatever the man is telling you to talk about you're following it at the jesuit model and i i I think one thing you hit on tease and uh your last podcast uh conspiracy synergy go check it out um you talked about culture i think sam talked about it slightly a little bit too controlling the culture that's why i i clipped that part of your your uh, your podcast and shared it because I think culture is really important. That book Chaos, which I think is what uh, the one that uh, Sam was referring to about how they control the hippie movement and all this stuff. Uh, culture is how you control people. You get you get people. To, you can sway them in one direction or another. It's very similar to Edward Bernays. You know, uh, we all know Edward Bernays. I mean, it's controlling you without knowing you're being controlled it's it's controlling your subconscious it's controlling uh you know it's engineering without knowing you're being engineered and uh controlling the culture and i think with twitter it could be a part of that like obviously you can control narratives you can control but i you know i i see it over and over again like when rumble first came along everybody's like fuck rumble it's owned by this it's owned by i'm like well they're letting me post shit that i couldn't post anywhere else so i'm not gonna just like boycott them you know or bash everything that they do just because maybe there is you know uh examples of you know censorship or whatnot is it i think voting the least of two evils is dumb but i think when it comes down to like big tech like sometimes using the least of two evils isn't the worst thing. Like we have to put our message somewhere. We have to attempt go to go re- where you want it. Well, that yes, but you know, these places like Twitter, like rumble. Yeah. You know, sometimes they can become echo chambers, but you still have to use every possible tool out there to reach people and put these conversations out there. Now, another thing with alternative media that we do all the fucking time, it drives me crazy is the fact that like, if somebody disagrees with us, Okay. Um, or we disagree with somebody. We think like, oh, it's because they're a part of a psyop, you know, and it's like, they're a fed, right? I I saw our good friend, Jason Burmis, who's on the show all the time. You know how many people, you know, throughout the years I had arguments with because they're like, oh, he purposely, you know, uh, was pushing this narrative on what happened on September 11th because he's, you know, he must have been doing it because of this incentive or that agenda or what I'm like. Or maybe you just dis- disagree with him. And September 11th was a perfect example where it was like, you know, that Spider-Man meme where everybody's like pointing at each other. And it's like, you know, it, it basically was that. Like everybody's saying,
saying you're a fed or you're a psyop because they disagree with you. But sometimes that's 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 change and Alex Jones like to ignore the Mossad Israeli intelligence role in Israel a lot, though. I think that's a valid criticism. They even saw that that. with Stu Peters. But but there are shut. What what Ricky's pointing out is a shutdown mechanism. What we have to grow up and realize is that whatever we hear, most of what we hear is has some truth to it. And what we have to figure out is what's true and what's false. And what what are they trying to get us to not see by the way they present it? it it's more complicated than simply, oh, well, he's a shill. No, I've got a perfect sick. example that's of that. Vivek, Vivek uh, yesterday, Vivek Ramaswamy was tweeting out about the uh, the CCP being responsible for the release and creation of of uh, COVID, and I, and I just quote tweet him. I've had I've talked to him for hours and hours. Like he's a brilliant guy. I think he knows this absolutely, but he just he will not touch this topic, which is the fact that EcoHealth Alliance and Peter Daszak and NIH and Anthony Fauci and that chain was actually responsible for the funding. But it's like you can't talk about America's role in the pandemic. You can only talk about China's role because that's the next war. You know, and I, I think that those that's the narrative setting, even though like even though he's he's toying with conspiracy theory thinking, he won't go all the way there. And uh, yeah, I think that's a that's a narrative control mechanism. Well, and, and then uh, Kennedy's a perfect example, right? Like so he one of the most censored topics and I know because I've been down the alternative media uh, you know, medicine, and uh, so is Miriam. I mean, many of us have been talking about vaccines for a long time, and alternative media always talked about how they would go down these rabbit holes and they would talk about censor topics. Well, that was one of the most censor topics ever. Like anything that that uh, hurt big pharma, those were the. I could talk about nine eleven all day on YouTube, but if I talked about vaccines or alternative medicine, that's when I really started getting uh, censored. And this was like the mild days of of censorship on YouTube. And, uh, and Kennedy, for example, you know, like would go out, put his name on a line to talk about one of the most censored, uh, topics, one of the most, uh, hardest topics to even talk about publicly because the world's been so brainwashed and believing that big pharma's crooked and greedy, except when they're producing vaccines. That's when all the moral people come together to give you a safe and effective product. And, uh, and, and everybody's been bringing. So if you even bring it up, you're, you look like a crazy person. And yet he did so. And then the, you know, obviously his <laughs> opinions on Israel are, are uh, a whole nother thing right now. People who, who praised him for talking about vaccines publicly and going on every show that would have him on and going on even mainstream shows and, and putting his reputation on the line to talk about this are now calling him a shill or this or that or Mossad or whatever. And it's like, well, maybe the same way, because if you listen to his vaccine story, the same way he was blinded to vaccines and it took time for him to open up his eyes to to this other perspective on it, maybe the same thing can happen with Israel. Because right now, he, he obviously, most of us would probably uh, d- disagree with how extremely he, he justifies all of Israel's actions. But it doesn't mean he, he's a, a Fed or he's a part of the the you know uh, the the program. Like he could be just wrong, right? I know it's people- cer- it's certainly possible. I, I, but I I need to point out real quick the fact that it, like he went after the FBI, he went after the CDC, he went after uh, you know the the health establishment. He went off of, he went after a bunch of golden calves that you're not supposed to talk about. Like hard hard in the paint. But the one that the one that tells me that this doesn't add up is the fact that he was able to make a really good counter argument against intervening in Ukraine. You can't do that 
and and then look at the Israel-Palestine situation and come away going, I don't see two sides on this story. How the fuck do you see two sides when it comes to Russia and Ukraine? But you you can't see it at all from the Palestinian side? You Nothing? can't get anything with... The- I mean, the the old school liberal believes they can't get any kind of traction in the Democratic Party or with the liberal parties by going after, uh, by criticizing Israel. And that's why, he's, that's why he has that. He is from a different time. And I don't know if he didn't get all the information. I mean, he was, hey, listen, I, I know people who are, who are comedians who know uh, RFK Jr. very well. And they're people that talk a lot of shit. They don't. They aren't politically correct, and they go, "He's a really good guy." What I what I will tell you is that his stance on guns. Most people go, "Well, look what happened to him." Of course, he's going to be anti-guns. I go, "What happened to him should make him more pro Second Amendment." I mean, he got killed by the government. He should totally be like, "Oh, dude, we need more guns, bro." And and what he's saying about Palestinians being the most pampered people, like that to me is a fucking snuff film for his candidacy to say that 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 the Palestinian people are the most pampered people on the you're done, dude. You're done. Your only hope was to get the people that don't like the rhetoric from both sides. And you know, I forget I was watching this um uh, I was watching this video by uh, G. Edward. Is what? What is his name? You guys all know his name. He does Griffin. all the great. Griffin. Yeah, and it's called the Capitalist Conspiracy. Have you guys seen that doc? It is so fucking powerful. Like everybody should watch this movie. It breaks down everything, and one of it it talks about that. Um, uh, who was the guy who gave us the Fed? Uh, uh, Woodrow Wilson's guy, who I think they blackmailed him with homosexuality. Uh, Colonel House was the handler. Yeah, the House. He wrote a book. Do you know what book he wrote? It Drew, was a- administrator? Yes. Like, if you read that book, it is basically what I think is happening right now, and Trump plays the guy that comes in and brings in martial law. It is the straight up playbook under the guise of being the savior too. under the guise of being the savior. I, I they, think they see is- him as the second coming, basically his, his cult following Trump's even playing into it, posting pictures on true social of him next to Jesus in the courtroom and stuff. And, and uh, saying, Oh, just like Jesus was persecuted and thrown in jail and he gave up his life and sacrificed himself for everybody. All the parallels are there. And and Bobby he Kennedy plays with dramatic his, uh, music in the background of his speeches now. We got don't we? And he's the funniest yeah. president ever. You know, I'm, I'm stunned, dude, I'm he's my favorite that. war criminal. He is my favorite of oh, yeah, all the war criminals. He's my he's, favorite war criminal. Guys, I, I'm I'm stunned that I am once again on the outside of this conversation because uh, I view Trump the same way I view Elon. Like he, I don't think that they go out of their way to defund X the way that they have if he's if he's actually you know playing well, ball with them the way they are Clint. and and I also don't view Trump the same way like why the <laughs> fuck are why are you threatening let him with 700 years let, in prison if you if he's if he's actually let me ask you go after real quick, real quick. The, hold on, hold on. let me just ask him. something real quick uh, uh, sorry Adam give me prison. one second but it but if you wanted Clint if you really wanted to present somebody Let's let's forget like uh, our views of what's happened to him. If you really want to present somebody 
as an outsider and and that he's battling the system, wouldn't you do everything you're doing right now while 0% of these these cases actually stick? Now, now again, he's my favorite war criminal of all the war criminals. If you go, hey, well, you're like, anybody who's going to sit in there is got, is got blood on their hands. They're going to play. I, I make no illusions of that. And like that, that to me is probably the most black pill part of my life right there. It's like, I don't trust anybody. Vivek, whatever his name is, like that guy, he's just <laughs> Obama for the, for the, for the, uh, for the right. That He's just a smooth looking dark skinned guy. I got to jump back in there with something. Would you trust, and this is back to my point before, what if we get to a point from a technology standpoint, which I think we, we are so close to, where the smartest guy in the room, we all acknowledge, is the bot. I'm not saying we're there now, but you know, you when people look at the bot right now and they look at the forward-facing AI and they go, "Oh, I had to do an image and add six fingers on one hand. Oh, that sucks." You know, you're looking at the forward-facing AI. If you look at like what it's doing in material science, there's an eight thousand percent increase, and it's verified by the best scientists in the world. The the bot goes and figures it out and says, "Hey, what about this?" And then the Scientists at Stanford literally go, oh, wow, dude, how did you come up with that? So within a very short period of time, what happens? Because I think we are in a unique position. This group, because this group, what we represent has always been, we're about the truth, man. We don't care where the bodies fall. We just want the truth. What about, what happens? Is there a silver lining where the arbiter of that truth the smartest guy in the room can't really lie like we've been used to. Can't obfuscate and kind of tell different stories and spin. The, he can't because of the nature of the thing. The medium is the message. The way that thing delivers itself, it's going to make it harder and harder for that thing to lie in the way that we've been lied to before. I'm just playing it out because we need some silver lining. Well, if, if the smartest the guy scenario. in the room is AI, then Vivek is almost certainly a robot. Uh, and, and for the record, I don't trust him either. You guys don't need to lecture me. I get it. But he is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> after after talking to him for hours, Dude, I'm like, Clint, this guy you're never going to so come smart. back. You're like, He's oh, that's gonna... a pack of weirdos. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, but I do, sure. I do want to answer. I do want to answer Sam's question though. The reason I think that Trump is an outsider is because they were spying on him before he was president. Then they impeached him on a bunch of. Shit that Biden and every other president was guilty of you just you just don't go out of your way in this in this to this extent and then bring charges against him in count, like countless states trying to put him away for for decades or hundreds of years you don't go after his personal wealth you don't try and seize his assets like this there's an extent to this that that just screams okay this guy isn't controlled up now let me say this i don't fucking trust trump at all He's a total idiot. He's not capable of actually fixing anything. But the one thing he does that they can't permit is that he activates a populist right-wing movement in this country. And I think they're horrified about that. So that's the reason I think they're persecuting him. I don't think that he, that him getting back in there is a win for us. And for the record, I don't think there's a, I think there's a better chance of him seeing the inside of San Quentin than the inside of the White House again. So wow. if I, we'll find out if I'm wrong, though. We, you we think find Israel out and Netanyahu are terrified that Trump gets back in? <laughs> do you think john Hagee's terrified if he gets back in oh my god i will say this uh clint is uh as a nod to the outsider component i put a quote in my octopus book from newt gingrich it was an interesting 
take that he had on Donald Trump as at the time in which it was said Trump had just been elected president but hadn't been hadn't actually taken office yet. So they were asking Newt his his opinions on how Trump was going to fit in in Washington, D.C. And he said he's going to have a really hard time because he's an outsider. He's not part of the club. He's not a part of the secret societies. And that is something that is obviously never going to get talked about on the mainstream news. Okay. Okay, I just, I, I, I just and I'm sure Newt Gingrich is is the guy to trust when he's I mean, listen, when he's vouching I, for a guy like Trump. No, but let me listen, just say I, something, guys. I, 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 I don't trust Newt Gingrich at all. But Trump but, was but it, Trump was bailed out by the Rothschilds at, I, when he was bankrupt by yeah. Wilbur Ross, and then but, Wilbur Ross became yeah. his Treasury uh, Secretary. But let but, me just say no, something real quick. Commerce Secretary. You got a serious uh, question about this, though, guys. Really seriously, what penalty has Trump ever paid? For anything he's done, see, I grew up yeah, in. Germany. That's my point. It's like you can you can tag him with all this stuff, but what's actually happened? It doesn't matter what criminals he works with. It doesn't matter who gets screwed over. It doesn't matter who loses money, whether it's the Polish immigrants or the people he stips in Jersey or whoever else he pays pennies on the dollar. He walks away every time. You and, think I see the issue? He's the most so, hated so guy in the country and also the most loved but, but guy Clint, in the country. Clint, real maybe quick, the most though, famous to person in the world. That, yeah, go ahead. To answer that, I, I, I'll tell you what. One of my biggest conspiracy moments was like I remember the, the only president I've ever seen live in person is Bill Clinton. He came to UNLV in like 91, 92. I forget when he was running. Was it 92? Uh, and he came to campus. And my friend, who later on became my roommate, had a sign like because he was re conservative making fun of um, Bill Clinton. And Secret Service came and grabbed it from him. And I, it was somewhat shocking to me. I'm like, whoa, dude, free speech. What just happened? So, I mean, I remember, like, I, I was super liberal at that time. And I was like, man, the Clintons are going after him because they're just, you know, the, the, the establishment won't let this outsider play ball. And then, and then I remember, and I woke up to this, and I was like, oh, fuck. It was Trent Lott was getting his, his portrait put in the Library of Congress. And... And they, they invited these guys there. And there was Trent Law, Newt Gingrich, Orrin Hatch, and Bill Clinton was laughing. They were smiling, and they were having a great time. And I go, this motherfucker's And they would try to impeach him left and right. And then I later on start to learn that he that Bill Clinton and the George Bush, that whole debate with uh, 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 Ross Perot, that was all pro wrestling because they were running coke together in Arkansas. And then we fast forward and we go to uh, Obama and, and Clinton. I love you. You know, I'm just because I want to believe too. But then you got Obama's like, oh, we need change. We need an outsider. We need Barbara. And then you go, oh, fuck, he's a Bush. He was a bunch the whole time. <laughs> whole no, I thought I like thought bullshit. Sam's I thought Sam's conspiracy or his conspiracy moment story was going to be the one I'm familiar with, which was uh, the Iron Sheik getting Hacksaw pulled Jim over Duggan. with Hacksaw Jim Duggan as a younger because, man because Donald Trump is in the WWE Hall of Fame for being a pretend villain. Yeah, and, and so that's why I thought you were going with that. Here, here's. We're going to find out within 12 months 
if he is actually controlled up or not, or if he's actually one of them or not. I personally think he's not one of them. I think they may have viewed him for a time as if he was controlled opposition. In fact, I think that's the whole reason that he was put up by Hillary Clinton, that they were trying. They they thought he was the most beatable of the bunch. It turned out totally wrong. Uh, but then ever since then, the way that they've attacked him, like he is facing hundreds of years in prison. If he, he, but keep in mind, he is a billionaire, so it's very good chance that even if he's not controlled up, he's going to get off because he's going to have the best representation. So we're going to find out soon. We'll see. I don't know. So if he waltzes back into the White House, like I think he's going to, then I'll eat shit. If he does that, I mean, not eat shit. It's not healthy for you, and that's what the whiff wants you to do. Don't do that, Clint. It's like we're just shitting in your birthday cake right now. I feel so awful. Not at all. Not at all. Like I'm not a Trump supporter. I never voted for the guy in my life. I I just I just have a difference of opinion uh, on reading the tea leaves as to what's transpired with the guy. See, I've met the guy. You can dislike the I just I dislike the guy, but I do like when he fights with the media and calls them out. So like you, there are similar enemies, common enemies that we have. So when I watch him as a bull in the China, I, you know, th- one of the things I've always kind of liked about Trump was was everyone else's reaction to Trump. Like that they had to, they were like, oh, fuck, here he is. Like we have to, we have to focus on him. And it, and it cracked me up because it's like that dude seems to suck the oxygen out of the room and just sort of dominate. And it's a fascinating, he's a fascinating guy to watch. I mean, I, he was fucking horrible on COVID. Let's be crystal clear. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was terrible on that. But you know, the, you get these moments where it's like, um, you know, you just have to laugh at what uh, it's almost fitting, right? As the American empire is in decline that we, that you get, I mean, it next is like president, uh, Mountain Dew Camacho. You know I mean, like that's where we're going. I'd love to. Trump was the best producer of free content for every cable news network and every corporate media outlet for five, six years. He was a guaranteed seller. All you had to do is drop his name, drop a clip from him, put four idiots in a box, split your screen. Game over. I never talk about policy. That's why I thought he was going to win. It was a beauty. It was a but, beauty. But everybody, if- CNN, MSNBC, Fox, everybody made out on Man. They, they did. They did. But but the FBI was also filing false affidavits before the election. They were already spying on him. They were already laying uh, a bunch of traps for impeachment before hey, he was ever even okay, close I have, to I have, I have something to that. Let me just say my, my answer to that because that is real. Because to me, they're all like crime organizations. Like everybody that runs... The white, it's like the old, what everyone always imagines about the mob in, in Chicago, why each mob wants their guy in into the mayor seat because that mayor gives out the, 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 the doles out the deals. So I, I do believe, and even though there's some incestual like crossover, I believe that Trump represents a different crime organization than the George Bush. That's called that has been it's running not shit. the Washington cartel. It's it's a different. It's, it's a the different New York real, t- but it's, real but it's, estate cartel that wants to get in the Washington. Yeah, it's the DC. Kushners. It's the it's the Jared Kushner, it's Netanyahu, Likud, Christian Zionist faction. Yeah, yeah. sure. Council for National mean? Policy. But, what, but that's every to, administration to, too. Not to no, just but put that's that on everyone. Trump. So that's why they're spying on him. Is because he represents a totally different 
group of people that are going to get the contracts, going to get the deals, going to get the positions. Now, that doesn't mean that he doesn't also dance with some of the people that the Clintons and the Obamas dance with because, you know, it's an elite circle. But I do believe that he represents a different crime organization. But, Sam, they showed... Back to Charlie's... Can I just jump in? Back to Charlie's point, though. What does it mean that he was read into the COVID thing, right? Because that's the implications. He was read into that thing from the beginning, right? He was told, here's the program. Here's how we're rolling it out. Here's how we do that. I mean, that shit ain't no Chicago mob payoff, you know, get your. Uh, Hillary couldn't have pulled it off. People would have stormed the mall. Yeah, I'm, good, exactly. I'm good friends with Jeffrey. I'm good friends with Jeffrey Tucker, and I think he's done probably the best journalism on the early days of COVID. And he does not believe at all that Trump was read in that he was basically buffaloed because he's I a agree. fucking moron. So, what what source or like? What, I, I hate to ask source, but like, what what is this that that Trump was read in? Because that's not my understanding what, at all. What does read in no. mean? I'm illiterate. <laughs> so Del, Del Bigtree in the high wire in one of the episodes and Jeffrey's been on uh, the Ripple Effect podcast he's awesome and uh, but on a episode of the, the high wire they actually went back and showed a bunch of clips of Trump and it was because of this exact conversation where what happened and then what people remember happened are slightly different and everybody remembers the the end of the COVID era where he was like just bragging because he brags about everything bragging about the vaccine and all this stuff but if you go back and you watch the actual press conferences if you watch his interviews he was the only one who was actually trying to minimize the whole pandemic he would yeah, so that he get buy-in and trust and then you you know little or, left or, hook and some of it could have been for not uh, uh, m- maybe not the reasons that we weren't buying in, but it doesn't mean he didn't push back against the Fauci's and the people that supposedly other people are saying that he, he was- didn't push back against the Fauci. He, he puts Fauci. the gold. He puts a gold medal on Fauci's neck. Literally puts a gold medal on his he, neck. He, he stood on ten billion dollars to Bill Gates. He and after gave he leaves five office, trillion dollars to fucking a handful of he, people in the care. Donald he, Trump is responsible for some of the most wait, massive you, you socialist never, You better come back. You better not. not come back, I will be so upset if you don't come back. Clint, I love you. Clint a homie. Clint knows his family here. He's, you know. oh, yeah. I, 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 this is the mildest opposition I've had in my entire life. Y'all, y'all. Go harder. I don't give a fuck. I love it. <laughs> I have to agree with Clint. I have to agree with Clint here. I, I think that he's don't not do that, Matthew. I want opposition. <laughs> no, I, I, I got to agree occasionally whenever I think you're right. I, I don't think he's great opposition. Uh, and he Fair. stood on stage like two years ago introducing uh, the CEO of Bear with his wife and was confused. He had an obvious look of confusion on his face whenever the audience began booing. Hmm. He's also the only person who's ever run for president to ever question vaccines. He did it during a, the, the debate. He, he, he did. During the Earth, He's also the only right. president to have allowed and, mandates of vaccines, which is <laughs> coincidental. Yeah, you're <laughs> Neither, neither both arguments can be made and neither one is absolutely I, Trump like people always talk about how like if you want to know his opinion just see the last person he talked to because he gets easily swayed one way exactly or I, 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 you guys he, he remember fucking, he blows up Soleimani, Soleimani. Po- 
he blows up Soleimani, and then he then he talks about how Rand Paul ultimately uh, averted World War Three. <laughs> you know, like this is this is who this guy is. He just fucking like literally whoever he just spoke to is like that's the expert that he's running with. But but to to Ricky's point, early days of COVID, he's up on stage going. You know, we're going to do this for two weeks, like, but no more. And then Fauci gets up there and he's like, we're going to do it as long as necessary. And it's just this constant back and forth of like tug of war between the two. If you read Jeffrey Tucker's uh, deep dives on this, it is absolutely factual that Fauci and Burks and these motherfuckers were lying through their teeth. Well, why didn't he fire them? Because he's a fucking idiot. He's but honestly, okay, well, then, uh, if, then he's a useful idiot. Like, just calling him an idiot me- makes him controlled opposition. Like sure, I, I agree with you on that. Why would he say that he took ivermectin publicly, knowing that that would be... A Did get- you read the sparse document on Johns Hopkins' website? Oh, this is my... I love this. 2017, Monica's there's mask. a whole chapter about if you have a Democrat use one kind of medicine, no Republican will use it. Now, they flipped that? But that literally is what it says. If the That's Democrat president uses a medicine, it, the other side won't use it. Politicized the same thing about the vaccine, right? They uh, hear, right? I mean, that they decided who was going to take which side on each of those things. Cause, cause I, if you watch the w- then you can guarantee fifty percent compliance. But well, Miriam would like to say something. Thank you. I I believe I watched. Trump probably more than any of you. I watched him every fucking day, all the press conferences. And I did see, I think it's purposely nebulous that he tried, made jabs at whether, you know, uh, Burks or, or Fauci, but ultimately look, look what happened. This is, I think this is a script and he plays, he's the people, the Democrats love to hate him and he's so polarizing and he's the perfect, perfect character. So when I I was asking God, please just get me. I want to be near Trump. I wanted to scan him. I didn't realize that I scan people, but and I energetically scan people. So there I found myself, J6, six feet away from him. And first of all, I'm like, oh, this is the first time he's behind bulletproof glass. Scanned him like, okay, he's not like an evil, um, evil cabal leader, but He's an actor and he's playing himself. And so he's a little bit of a dope. And I remember in Miami, um, people did the wave and they all like said, fire Fauci, fire Fauci. And then they did the wave and he's like, yeah, if I get if I get um, reelected. So it's all a dialectic left, right, ping pong, ping pong. And I fell for it. Um, And he is hella entertaining to watch. More so than Joey B, but I just okay. don't buy it. When Biden shits okay. his pants, it's pretty exciting. Okay. And that's All right. the line is that this stuff is put up for you as an act. Look, just because somebody is fighting the evil character on the screen, you know, somebody's beating up the Undertaker, it doesn't mean that they literally took on evil. This is all there just so we can bang it back and forth. It's got nothing to do with what's really happening. That's the thing. Meeting this guy showed me something completely different. I'm sitting at a table in a, in a room where the media is not allowed to go, okay, with Italian businessmen around the table. I told Sam this story on his show. And you know what? It was funny as hell to me. These guys, they said, yeah, we're one of the few people in this room that he won't stiff. And that was their joke in Italian. Uh, it's hilarious. The deal is this. He's there to get you to react. He's there to get everybody to react 
That's the point of it. While whatever the hell else is going on, you're totally distracted from. It doesn't matter. Chuck. Being facing 700 years, it's not because he's really going to get 700 years. It's never going to come to fruition. It's just there to have you attach your sentiment to it, your resentment. Obviously, most of us would be resentful of the FBI, the establishment, the law enforcement going after people unfairly. A lot of us have had those experiences one way or another. I've had Homeland Security come down on me when I was supposed to be the victim in the case, right? All kinds of things. It's there as an act just for you to do exactly what we're doing. Argue about what it is they showed us. Not You're really. so exactly spot on. You're so freaking spot on. Exactly it. It is there to incite the argument between us so that we go in the direction that they goad us. And that's all it is. It's, it's bait and we're fish biting it, getting our cheeks ripped out over and over again, pretending that we're smiling. I, so we I don't couldn't have agree to see more. It's been foisted on us. So they here's get- the thing. We're, as, as an, the alternative media is a, a load of sperm the mammies, going into a the wood mammies. chipper because we have been goaded into caring more about entertainment than we care about principle. Does any motherfucker stepping up to the stage of president ever talk about the precedent that the United States is just a corporation, that the very existence of government itself is the continuation of slavery? Until that's the conversation that they and every other person in the country is having, we're just buying into the bullshit they, that they've been shoveling. And that's the situation we're in. I, I agree with that. I well, here's my thing. It's cause and I will always, you know, have hope again. When you see Tim Fall Hack gone, just know I've gone full black pill and I'm crying in the corner. Uh, I will never get out. But before you me, do that, call me dumbass. That's not okay. gonna happen. We're not okay, gonna let I know. That but, occur. but my point is this like they stand. got us focusing so much on the federal, okay? Like we the the key is local man we took the internet took our eye off of all the local shit we're so worried about what's happening in washington dc we stop watching our school boards we stop watching our city councils and that's where the change can happen in the and dude in Detroit, in michigan they this county wanted to let a chinese factory in the town voted them all out and locked the doors that is their worst nightmare that's and what that, we have to do. That, my friend, is happening in more places than you realize. It is. Yes, all, we need to bring back the Agenda 21 counteraction that stopped when Trump got elected. Just, just to Trust demonstrate how, how, how important local politics is, Trump, he, he tried to withdraw from uh, Syria, and the, the generals just lied to him. And I, I think that like the reality is that the presidential races, most federal races, are pure veneer. They, they are, it's almost entirely irrelevant. The only thing that, that they the, – the reason that they make such a big deal about Trump, though, is that he will delay some of their plans. He won't, he won't just green light everything that they want, but they still get everything done. It's still like all of the wars they want, they will still get all of the, the bailout funds. They'll still get the, the mandates, the vaccines, the lockdowns. They'll still get every, everything that they want, no matter what, no matter who's in charge. So yeah, I, I try not to focus as much on the, the federal level politics, but it's like, that's what, that's what the conversation is. That's what everyone wants to hear about. So you do get sucked into it periodically. Have you guys met your neighbors? I, I, I don't, I, I'd much rather talk to y'all than, than talk to my neighbors. 
My yeah, neighbors they are full of shit. They're a, they're a pain in the ass, you know. So I can trade them a little homemade blackberry compote for the, you know, for the lemons and have a chit chat conversation about the weather. But you want to talk about uh, Fauci? You want to talk about gain of function? It ain't gonna happen. You want to talk about the BLM <laughs> sign in their yard? It ain't gonna then, happen. So no, then, I'm not. Then I, it, I, I'm, it, I'm, I want to talk to you guys. I don't want to talk to my neighbors. It, it really ha I, look. I've been I've been through this for the last since right before uh, the lockdown. The way we've handled it is we try to talk to them about it. They reject it, but then we engage them in other ways. So we tighten the relationship. And as things happen, we actually do get them to change their minds on things. Well, I, I mean, I live, I've seen it. I, I live in North Miami, which is a largely Jewish community. And there is no friendly conversation to be had about the Israel-Palestine shit. I don't even try. Plus, most of them are elderly, so they're like all rocking mass and, and totally in the COVID regime. It's rough. It's rough out here. But, you know, I still try and tell the truth <laughs> if, if they want to have a conversation in the elevator. I, I think, I, honestly, man, I, I, I know it's kind of crazy because our job, we, we go out there and we try to spread the knowledge as best we can. Okay. But I'm just telling you, man, I I'm done trying to convince anybody. I actually go on these comedy podcasts going, I don't even want to talk about Paul, uh, any con conspiracies because you're all going to just going to shut down and be quiet anyways. I want, let's talk about black YouTube and dating and feminists and all that crazy stuff that gets all the big clicks because you're just going to get quiet on me. I am so done trying to convince anybody of anything. If at this point, after what you've been through the last five years, you don't think something's up, there's nothing I'm going to tell you that's going to help you. I, I like, dude, you, you know, it's like, I, I totally get that. Like, man. I remember when the show started, Tinfall Hat, like I just was like in that pizza gate's real, all this era, you know, and then they would they would put hands on me. People give and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, like, I don't have any friends now. It's like, forget <laughs> that. I'm not gonna tell them anything. You want to take the jab and, and 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 push censorship and get spied on, you do that. Because I want nothing to do with that. I'm going to find a militia of people who understand what I'm about. I'm going to run yeah. with them, learn to shoot guns, buy gold, fucking ju do jujitsu, and that's what I'm going to do. And is, this, is, this, is this your announcement that you're ending the show with Brian Callen? Uh, well, you know, it will never end. Even if Brian goes away <laughs> here and there, he's just been taking too many L's. You know, too many L's. I'm trying. Man, I, I don't. He's he, he should be watching walking around punch drunk at this point. The way you beat him up every week. But if Ryan's actually a, a pretty good example of someone who, like Sam, will give him so much information. And if you watch each episode, you're like, this is going to sink in eventually. And if you don't watch the art or listen to the archives, you would think he's never been exposed to any of this information because it's like every episode it's like starting all over again and i'm just like how does sam keep his cool which he doesn't sometimes and that's kind of the fun of, of it all but it's uh it, there are people like that he's he's a perfect example of many people in the world i mean uh charlie and i've talked about uh dennis mckenna um you know the brother of terrence yeah. mckenna you know when i had him on my podcast you know he's all about you know, understanding how big pharma is trying to keep us away from natural plants and medicines and all the corruption in the world. But you get him talking about politics. He's just an old school liberal that thinks every Republican's bad. I had the same problem with Robert Lutsting, who did uh, 
that viral video, The Bitter Truth. He they he came on, talked about, you know, big food, big pharma, all this stuff. Like you figure, okay, can't be that hard to connect the dots with uh with the vaccines at the very end of the episode. I don't know how it got brought up. Yeah, great book, Chaos. Talk to talk to this guy, bro. He will not get into anything going on today. He refuses to yeah. ad- admit it. Yeah, I've, I've I've tried to get him on my show quite a few times, and uh, but he, uh, but same thing with Doctor Robert Lusting did a whole hour show about the corruption and all the issues with big pharma. At the very end, uh, the vaccine gets brought up, and he's like, "Yeah, you should get the vaccine." And then we butt heads, and I'm like, "What? What do you? What do you talk? Like, I couldn't even understand how we could have a full hour just dissecting all the details of how corrupt the FDA is, and 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 big pharma and big food, and then all of a sudden, like, you believe the vaccine narrative." And it was just like, there are just some people that are like that. I, I've talked to people in my personal life that are like that, where like they're open-minded with so many issues and topics. And then there's that one issue and topic. For some reason, they become the most closed-minded person on earth. And it could be many reasons. It could be because of their upbringing, some, you know, some trauma they're dealing with. Could be, and I think even with Robert Kennedy Jr., it, it could be an example of one of those things. I don't know why he's so concrete and closed-minded about that one topic. But he just, and, and it, it, you know, I, I, what I've seen is, especially with the vaccine narrative and COVID, is that there's this investment, not money, but this investment of mental capital that if they go that far, they have to give up that investment. So there's some people who went really far, but they haven't went far enough yet. Yeah. And well, it's because we- they, they won't give up on that. Go ahead. Pot committed. Yeah. Yeah. And we should also remember that people come to this information on their own schedule, you know, and they, and, and the way somebody feels is the way they feel now, but that doesn't mean that's the way they'll feel forever, forever. And I, and I, I approach this with, you know, unless this is what I believe now based on the information I have now, but if I'm presented with better information in the future, I want to allow myself the flexibility to change my mind on some things. Sure. Right? My, my greatest. I think that sounds reasonable. And, I, and if you, you know, you don't want to be like super wrong, of course, but like you go, oh shit. Well, I, I didn't know that. And yeah, that changes. If you, if you're open to that, I think you, I think you go a long way. I think the way we started off this conversation is the way we'll end it, which is we were talking about the impact that we were having on reaching normies and having them start to ask questions about sort of where things are like, Hey man, I have some questions for once in my life, you know? And, and that's a great feeling and that, that we're actually able to reach out and connect with some people that might not have ever come to this information if it wasn't for us. And then think about how that spreads and think about how, how you dealt with that. The first time you came across this information, some people go, no, thanks. And other people go, Holy shit. Oh, I have to know everything about this, you know. And for those people, the last three years, plus the Trump years, if you want to count that, but the last three years, it's been a real opportunity for people to kind of like go, wait a second. There's something seriously wrong with all of this stuff. And I have questions. And if you've got questions... Welcome to the fucking party, I suppose. We all do as well. And and, and welcome. Uh, a corollary to that, Charlie, is I, I often, if I know I can't convince someone of something, I will just get them to doubt what they're seeing. Yeah. 
I, I think the, the biggest, really... my biggest frustration these days is that those that have woken up to the deception of the past three years, that still with the newest narrative, they can't extrapolate. They can't extend that, that lesson to the next thing. And that yeah. fucking drives me crazy. Right. <laughs> like, they, they can't do it yet. Yes. But, 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 but it's still, still the fact that they've realized that they've been lied to is progress. That means that they are at yeah. least, at least starting to like <laughs> decalcify their pineal we'll, gland or whatever. We'll take it. At this point, yeah. we'll take it. Let's wrap it up with this. Let's go. Um, let's make sure everybody gets a chance to uh, tell where they are. Uh, let's start back with you, Clint. Liberty Lockdown and also the best politicalshow.com with Luke Rudkowski over yep. on Rumble. Can you tell yeah, us where just, the best place to find you? Sure. At Liberty Lockdown on X, Liberty Lockdown on Instagram, and uh, Liberty Lockdown is the is my show. That's the flagship for me, and then we do uh, a show over all one word. We are change on Rumble. We just signed an exclusive deal on November 1st, so we go live from Miami three days a week, and it's been fantastic. Uh, so yeah, check it out. Thank you for having hey, me. Thanks for coming on my radio show uh, this afternoon. I appreciate that. Absolute pleasure, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Tease, what's going on with Conspiracy Synergy? You take the longest to make your episodes, but you, but they're also the best. Yeah, so I'm a filmmaker, and I've also been studying this shit for about 20 fucking years. I'm also an activist, and I try and go out there in an emotional and engaging way because most people don't give a shit about facts. They care about feels. So what I've done is I've turned the world of conspiracy into the world of Hey, here's a friendly, nice, warm, loving, puppet-filled introduction to the world of reality that then makes it so that people are on board with the idea. So if you're out there thinking, I can't wake up my normie family, you are wrong. You send them to ConspiracySynergy.com. And then with the first episode all the way through the ninth episode, which features most of the people who have been in this conversation here today, we are going to save the world. So if you feel in any way, shape, or form like you can't make a difference like you don't have the tools you need to be able to wake people up yeah you can go to conspiracysynergy.com and you can check out the wednesday segment of am wake up which i co-host with steve that's how to find me well let's talk about steve steve's got the best morning show in the world over a over there on am wake up on rockfin and rumble what do you have uh, planned for this week uh let's see tomorrow uh is uh, Ryan Christian comes through on Tuesdays. There's a ton going on. I Adam was on this morning. We talked for like two hours. I didn't get to damn near anything uh, in the dock today. Nico House is coming through on uh, Wednesday with Tease. That'll be an awesome conversation. Um, Texas Slim from the Beef Initiative is normally on Thursdays, but he's in Thailand on a motorcycle Uh doing some sort of like i don't know they're like jumping him into a gang or something um but uh yeah so he'll be back shortly but monday through thursday uh on rockfin and rumble uh you can you can catch us friday the new prisoners podcast it uh takes over the channels um and that's awesome uh and yeah we we do it we do it like old school radio people friends of the show jump in they kick it for as long as they want to, uh, and we uh, we we do give you the news about six to eight to you know twenty four months in advance. That is true. I I always say that your logo should be a DeLorean. Uh, let's talk to Adam Green since you were on this morning. I got to go catch that. I didn't get a chance to see it. No more news. Where can people find you? I've been wanting to talk to you for a while, but 
uh, I'm glad I'm glad you finally jumped on. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me for the first time. It was cool to be here. Um, I, I had a lot of comments about Trump as controlled opposition and a Zionist frontman and uh, the kind of controlled, limited hangout awakening that appears to be happening that's kind of centered around Trump and Christian nationalism and Jesus is the solution. Apologize if there's any Christians, but I'm I'm very critical of the Abrahamic religions exposing the Abrahamic deception. Uh, you can find videos on that on my Odyssey and my Twitter at No More News. And I uh, hope to talk to you guys again. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Matt Raymer, what's going on with Content Safe? ContentSafe.co. We are growing. I, I've got some fairly large clients now uh, that are taking up a lot of my time, but uh, I've still got a corral of you guys that I'm maintaining. Uh, we've got some big plans for this coming year. Uh, we've got a appliance that we're co- co- uh, cooperating with another group uh, that will be doing distributed video sharing uh, without having a server centralized platform. I've got another kind of, I can't say much about it, but let's just say that it's, it's pretty important and it can be a real game changer on streaming. Cool. ContentSafe.co is the place to find everything related to Matt. Uh, Miriam, what's going on? How's your Substack? Thank you for having me tonight. It's good to be with you guys before the holiday. It's nice to be on with Adam. I've been listening to him for a while. Uh, Yes, come over. That's so cool to hear. Thank you, Miriam. You're welcome. I'm happy to hear that. We'll have have to have a stream. I'd like to talk to you. Yes, I I would like to interview you. Zach actually introduced me to you. Um, So people can buzz on over to honeycolony.com. They can get some methylene blue for the holidays. I'm one of the first to introduce methylene blue. And please do come to my Substack, maryamhinane.substack.com. I'm one of the few that's been doing deep dives on John Tursack, the stabber, the, the person who shanked Derek Chauvin, the FBI informant. And uh, do check out my film on George Floyd. There is a reason why they won't include me in the conversation, even though my film came out last January. Uh, It's called The Real Timeline. It's distributed by My Movies Plus. And yeah, you can check me out at miriamhinane.com. And my show is every Friday. It's called Truth Lives Here. I just had an awesome interview with uh, Dinesh D'Souza. And yeah, thank you. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. I'll see you in Mexico. And in see you in, in yes. In and Charlie will be emceeing at yeah, Anarchapulco. The, the, the host and MC of Anarchapulco 2024, uh, February, if you guys are interested. Yeah, come, come join us. Um, Alex, how's Skeptico? How are you? You're muted again. You. <laughs> Sorry. No, uh, Skeptico's uh, uh, fine. Uh, I keep... I keep shutting it down and then rebooting it, and I've rebooted it. So it's a skeptic over the K. I'm going to have a lot of dialogues with the uh, with the bot. And Charlie, I'm serious. I want to do a three way dialogue, you, me, and the bot. And I want you to hammer the bot on uh, on your thing and, well, let's, and make we'll, them roll over. Make them roll over, and, uh, and I'll talk and, to you about it. Well, let's make that happen. That yeah. sounds like something wild. I'd be up for that. Um. 
Let me mention some of the people that had to drop off earlier. Monica Perez, you can catch her show Deep Dives with Monica Perez. And Brandon Thomas from Expanding Reality Podcast. He's got some really cool books available for sale. If you're looking for something for your conspiracy friend, go to um, expandingrealitypodcast.com, I think, and or just look up Brandon Thomas and find that. Chuck Ocelli, host of the Chuck Ocelli Show. Also, Ricky Verandas, the Ripple Effect podcast, who is nice enough to come on my new TNT radio show during the week uh, that I have. So I had Ricky and Clint on today, so it was nice to see them both again. And Sam Tripoli, Tinfoil Hat, wherever you get your podcasts, go get yourself some Tinfoil Hat. And of course, Midnight Mike, what's going on with OBDM? Oh, we're uh... at the bottom of the uh, Caddyshack 2 uh well, yeah, or what? Uh, yeah we, that's all figured out, you know. Uh, you know, we're doing shows up until the end of the year. Um, you know, we're in the process of transitioning the show into a, a new direction. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I don't do many things well in this life, but one of the things I do well is uh, host a podcast. So check it out at obdmpod.com or ourbigdumbmouth.com. Yeah, I can 100% vouch for that. OBDM is the funniest podcast in the world. It is my favorite, my favorite show. And you can check out Macroaggressions wherever podcasts are served. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Happy New Year. Yep. Happy New Year. We'll catch you 